We're in our teaching series through uh, the narratives of the Christmas story. A couple weeks ago, we looked at the story of Mary and last week, Simeon. Today, we're going to look at Christmas from the perspective of the shepherds. But before we do, I want to give a big shout out to about six of my classmates right back there. We graduated from Arlington High School together seven years ago. Would you give them a big hand? Wave, wave. All those wonderful people. So if you talk to any of them, any bad stories you hear about me are rumor, innuendo, categorically untrue. Now, the good stories I'll take, okay? But really, really great to see you guys. Thanks so much for taking time to come. What a, what a special treat. You know, I hope uh, as many of you as possible can join us for Christmas Eve. You heard uh, and saw uh, the times, 1 and 3 and then 10 o'clock. Uh, online at night. And then, of course, uh, the 26th, we're going to have services here. So uh, we hope that if that fits your schedule, you'll be able to join us. It's going to be a great, great time. Now, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 2, 8 through 20. And uh, I was going to read this to you, but I uh, have connections. How many, know of you, uh, how many of you know I have connections? I was able to commandeer the help of some angelic beings to actually tell us the Christmas story. And so take a moment and watch the screen. Here are some angels telling us the story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued the decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And they went on to <laughs> So Joseph also went up from the top of Nazareth in Galilee to Judah to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house of, of David. Good. He went to the treasury immediately. He was pledged to be made with the same. <laughs> and he checked in outside. Shepherds in a field nearby, keeping watch over their cloth at night. <laughs> An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you the news. To translate joy to all, for all the people. 
studenten från Aftervit. Jag ser vad hans förbund till Gud, Jesus and the Messiah, the Lord. Sen till Winner Baby, Winter Coast, Winter Major. Suddenly, the fire was full of angels, pointing God and saying, <laughs> Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, <laughs> Let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing that had happened, which the Lord has told us about. So a hair of fun Mary Joseph and the baby who was laid in a manger. When I have seen them, they've spread the word concerning what they have been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed, but the shepherd said to them, But Mary twisted up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they have heard and seen. But for this day they have been born. Yeah, is that the cutest thing ever? Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you, Cheryl, Michael, and uh, families for making that happen. What a beautiful, uh, beautiful job by those kids. Today I want to talk for a few moments about the six greatest gifts of Christmas from the shepherd's viewpoint. And while all six of these are profoundly amazing and wonderful, I want you just to ask yourself as we work through this message, some will look at a little longer, some will move through rather quickly. I want you to ask yourself, which of these six resonates most with me? Which one means the most to me? Which one stands out? It may have something to do with your station in life, the season you're going through. Maybe you're going through some really hard times and one jumps out more than the other. But of these six, which one resonates with you the most? Let's take a look at the first one. Purpose and meaning. As I look at the story of the shepherds, I see the powerful gift of purpose and meaning. God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. And we see it throughout Scripture, and we see it throughout the Christmas story. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. A shepherd's job was a dirty job. It was a lowly job. It was low-level, low-earning work. It wasn't anything desirable. It was kind of the, uh, the, the, the end of the list if you were looking for a decent job. And yet God used the shepherds to communicate the powerful message of Christmas. Think of the little city of, little town, little village of Bethlehem. Very ordinary. Think of the, the stable. Think of the manger. Very ordinary. Mary was a common young woman. Joseph was a common carpenter. Everything was common. Everything was ordinary until God touched each and every one of them. 
God takes the ordinary to do the extraordinary. He takes the common to do the uncommon. He takes the simple to do the exquisite. We see it throughout all of Scripture. If you, if you kind of zoom out a little bit, just think of a few of these great examples. Think of Moses, who couldn't talk, Esther, who lacked pedigree, Ruth, who was poor, David was a child, Rahab was a recovering prostitute, Paul was a Christian killer, Peter was flighty, Thomas lacked faith, Jesus even used a common, common little boy and his little sack lunch to feed 5,000 people. God is in the business of taking the common and ordinary and doing something extraordinary. And that's a message to you and me today. The implication is this. Are you willing and available for God to use you? He wants to use you to do something extraordinary. He wants to bless other people through you. He wants to use your gifts and talents, which he gave you in the first place, to bless others. You've been blessed to be a blessing. He wants to serve others, bless others through you. Are you available? Are you willing to be usable? Just think about the shepherds and some of the qualities of their life. They were humble and willing and available and obedient. They were servants. They were faithful. But a great thing to think about here at Christmas, God, how can I become more of all of these so that you can use me in a more impactful way to bless other people? Make me usable, Lord. Pray that. God, use me. Make me usable. The second gift is peace. Jesus came to replace our fears with peace. What does the scripture say? An angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, do not be afraid. They were terrified when the angel came. And the angel said, do not be afraid. I mean, there's so much to be afraid about today. Fears and phobias and terror and worries and anxieties and concerns and doubts abound. What terrorizes you? What causes you the most fear? Just think about that for a moment. Jesus came to replace our fear with peace. Give him your fears. Give him your anxiety. Give him your worries. Say, Lord, you're up all night anyway. I'm going to give this to you so I can go to sleep. I need your peace. I desire your peace. Don't let your fears freeze you. Don't become immobilized, minimized, or overrun by fear. Ask God to give you strength and courage and to overcome your fear. Craig Groeschel, in his recent book, Winning the War of Your Mind, Change Your Thinking, Change Your Mind, offers just some unique thoughts. Many are familiar to us if you would read the book. Some of you have. Very, very familiar. But, but as all books, he says some things in a little different way. And he says, as you think about your problems, don't look at them, look through them. It reminds me of James, where James says, consider pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because those trials, those problems, those adversities are going to build maturity and perseverance and make you a stronger person. Don't look at it, look through it. We like to say around here, don't be overwhelmed by the presence of your problems, be inspired by the presence of your God. Don't be overcome by the size of your problems Be excited and inspired by the size, the immense size of your God. Fears. God came to give us peace. It says that they were terrified. What causes you worry and fear? What triggers anxiety and worry? We've all read about the tornado in Kentucky, and many of you have given to the disaster relief efforts. If you're still interested in doing that, you can uh, give online or you can uh, give on the app. But 
Uh, it just, just horrific, just horrific. Um, I read about uh, one lady who was trapped five feet under rubble at a candle factory. Her name, Kiana Parsons Perez, and she posted a desperate plea for help on Facebook Live. And I listened to what, what she posted. Just, just unbelievable. Entire towns are gone. St uh, the state's death toll could reach up to 100 people, I read. And uh, Lisa and I have family just two hours away. Uh, Reggie and Rachel and the two kids uh, live just two hours away from where all this happened. And, you know, if that's not enough to cause you a little worry, you kind of fear a little bit. Now, uh, the alarm went off twice during the night, and uh, so uh, Reggie Rachel took the two kids downstairs. Rowan thought it was great fun. He uh, would like to do it again. Um, but he's not quite three. In a little while, he's going to be older, and he'll understand the gravity of those things. He'll also become worried, like all of us, about what we don't know about things. It reminds me of the shepherds when the angels came they were terrified, and they didn't really know what they didn't know. Sometimes that's the thing that causes the greatest fear. Jesus Christ came to give us peace. The Bible says, you will keep in perfect peace, God, those whose minds are stayed on you. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that you will have peace. The Bible says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. None of us know what 2022 is going to hold but we can be pretty confident it's not going to be easy all the way through. Life is that way. But as followers of Christ, we do hard things. We believe in a God who can help us overcome hard challenges. And I just want to encourage you today. The story of the shepherds is a story reminding us that Jesus Christ gave us peace in the middle of our fears. The third gift is good news. Notice what it says here. In a world of bad news, Jesus is good news. I bring you good news. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The good news that had been prophesied had been predicted. Everybody was looking forward to. Finally, the Messiah is born. That is good news. That's something to celebrate. The one who's coming to redeem us, to set us free from our sins, to help us in every area of our life, the Savior of the world. Isaiah called him the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. That's good news. Because of Jesus, we can enjoy forgiveness for our past sins. We can have strength to face present challenges, and we can have a hope that he'll be with us for whatever the future may bring. That's good news. Now, bad news exists all around us. You don't need me to tell you that. I was reading a little bit this past week about a variety of, of reports, and, and uh, I read that domestic violence is up 25 to 33% over the last couple of years, according to the American Journal of Emergency Medicine. World poverty, have you looked at some of these statistics lately? It's stifling. If you live on $30 a day, you are part of the richest 15%. The majority of the world is very poor. The poor half of the world, almost 4 billion people, live on less than $6.70 a day says Mac Roser. Mental illness issues continue to surge. About one in four adults suffer from a diagnosable mental disorder in a given year, says Johns Hopkins Medicine. And stress, 
77% of people experience stress that affects their physical health. 73% of people have stress that impacts their mental health. 48% of people have trouble sleeping because of stress. 60% of U.S. adults are feeling daily stress and worry. But the good news is Jesus Christ came to offer us hope and help in the middle of all of that. He is good news in the middle of bad news. Have you invited him to be your personal Lord and Savior? Have you received the greatest gift ever given, the gift of Christ, into your heart? He's good news. And then there's joy. Jesus wants to encourage and inspire us. I bring you good news, the angel said, that will cause great joy for all the people. And the shepherds are hearing that good news, great joy. I'm all for that. Great joy, great joy. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes life can get a little hard. We can get run down. We can feel like we've been run over. It can be discouraging, and it can be difficult. And sometimes the joy kind of gets smashed in our life. And it's good to just stop and think about this for a few moments here today. Jesus wants to help us overcome our challenges and not be overrun by our challenges some of you follow me on Facebook, and as I've said before, I do a, uh, a daily devotional, and uh, if you would be interested, I encourage you to follow me. Just a brief scripture and a thought each day. And I wrote on uh, December 14th, just a few days ago, uh, a little devotional I entitled, Rise Above Adversity. And here's what I wrote. One of the keys to success in life is how we handle trials and what we do during times of adversity. Will hard times crush us, or will we rise above life's challenges with the help of the Lord? Crisis, loss, grief, pain, and more fly at us often in many forms. Some people are frequently overrun by adversity, while others regularly overcome life's obstacles. The Bible says God is our refuge and strength, a very help, present help in times of trouble. He wants to help us grow through our pain and work through our challenges and rise above our adversity with his help. What are you facing today, I wrote, and I ask you the same question today. What are you facing today? Financial struggles, relational pain, physical challenges, faith crisis, mental strain, emotional hurt. God knows and is able to help you and me step by step. Let's trust him. Let's turn to him. Let's rise above and remember that God loves us. God loves us. What are you facing this Christmas season? God loves you more than you will ever know. He cares about you more than you'll ever know. What adversity, challenge, crisis, obstacle seems insurmountable? Jesus wants to encourage you. He wants to give you joy. He wants to inspire you. I think of the story of Jesus on the boat with the disciples in the New Testament, and the storms picked up, the winds and the waves, and the disciples thought they were going to sink. And what did Jesus do? He said, peace be still. He calmed the storm. Well, Jesus is with us in our boat. Metaphorically speaking, he's in our life, he's around us, he walks before us, he comes behind us. He's in our boat, and he will quiet the storm. Let's turn to him. Let's turn to him. Jesus offers you joy. That's a great acrostic for joy. What does Jesus offer you? Joy. Jesus offers you joy. Receive it. Accept it. You know, one of the things I have found 
is that when I go through the hardest times, I've just trained myself to stop and think. Maybe you've done this as well. To stop and think and pray and ponder the many blessings God has given me. This may be tough that I'm going through, whatever the situation is, but I just stop and I begin to recount and remember the promises of God, the blessings of God, all that he's done for me, and it builds my faith, it inspires me. I have joy beginning to well back up. When joy gets pushed down, joy begins to build back up as I think of how much Jesus loves me, cares for me, has provided for me, all the many blessings. And some of the greatest blessings in our life are people, like this little people right here. Take a look at this little people. That is my granddaughter. Isn't she cute? So if I ever get down, one of the people I think about is Liliana. Now, this was on the Army-Navy game, and she was full of joy. There was nothing joyful about the game whatsoever. It was a terrible game. But when I think of her, I have great joy. When I think of my family, I have great joy. When I think of the promise of God, I have great joy. When I think of, of the blessings and the provision of God and what Jesus Christ has done for me and all of us, I have great joy. Jesus offers you and me joy, even in the middle of life storms. Maybe of all these six, that's the one that you need to think about and pray about and ponder more than any of the others. There's two more, faith. We can experience a personal encounter with Christ. I love this part of this story. The shepherds say, okay, we've heard the message from the angels. Now let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby. And after they had seen him, they took off and they started spreading the word of everything they had seen. It just was amazing to them. They marveled. The shepherds heard about Jesus and they personally went to search him out. They went to find him. If you're here today and you've not committed your life to Christ, may I encourage you, invite you to go on a mission to find Jesus. The Bible says that if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. That's what the Bible tells us. And maybe this is the most important of all six of these gifts. Because until you find Christ and make peace with God through faith in Christ, this is the gift that you need to focus on the most. They personally encountered Jesus, the shepherds. They didn't just hear from the angels. They didn't just think about what somebody taught. They went to find out for themselves. Let me illustrate it this way. I guarantee you, without knowing everybody in the world, I guarantee you that every child 12 years of age and younger who sees a wrapped gift under the Christmas tree with their name on it will not allow that gift to stay wrapped forever. How many would agree with me? In fact, I think it's true of every child 20 years and younger. Do I hear 50 years and younger? I think 100 years and younger. If there is a gift wrapped with someone's name on it, they want to know what is that. My grandson, not quite three, you know, about a year ago, he was kind of getting into the gift unwrapping business, but over this last year, he has become a pro. He understands the process. Somebody hands him a gift that's wrapped, he knows how to rip that thing apart. And yet, so many people have left the greatest gift in life unwrapped, lying in a manger. The greatest gift that's ever been given in the history of the world is when God who so loved the world, gave his only son, 
so that ever, whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If you're here today and you have not received God's gift, encountered Christ, opened that gift, so to speak, and accepted him in as your Lord and Savior, may I encourage you to do that here today by simply praying a prayer that I prayed many years ago. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want to follow you. I want to honor you. I want to have peace with God through faith in Christ. We need to admit that we're sinners and we need a Savior. We need to believe that God sent his son Jesus as the Savior of the world. And then we need to commit our life to Christ. I encourage you to do that here today. And number six, and finally, the gift of worship. Expressing gratitude for all that he has done. It says here, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. We were created to worship. We've been shaped to praise God. You know, we've been, been formed to express gratitude and adoration to someone higher, someone who's God, the Lord Jesus himself. And something happens when we worship and, and live with an attitude of gratitude. It builds our spirit. It builds our faith. It, it stirs us from the inside out to just take time to say, thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth. Thank you, Jesus, for living for a while and then dying on a cross for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for not staying in the tomb and rising from the dead. And thank you for reigning at the right hand of the Father and preparing a place for me in heaven that I one day can enjoy forever and ever and ever. There's something that happens inside of me. It's a gift to be able to worship the one true God, the Redeemer, the Creator of the world, the Savior of all mankind. We worship Him because He is worthy and He is good and He is kind and He is godly. Let me close with a story. Less than three years ago, we were able, with the help of God and the faithful contribution of so many to expand our compassion ministry by purchasing a building downtown. We like to say on the main street of the county seat, we're able to purchase a building that is now our Bethany Compassion Center. Over these last two and a half years, not quite three, we've been able to not only purchase the property, but staff the ministry and grow over 30 incredibly powerful ministries. It's been a vision for a long, long time. But as I think back on these last two and a half years, I go, wow, how exciting. And we look forward to how God is going to help us develop that even further, double our reach and impact over the next two and a half to three years. Why? Because people need to know we care. People need to see God's love done in practical ways. Because people need help. People need encouragement. People need to see the work of God in a physical form, and the needs are so vast. It's amazing to me that we were able to get that off the ground before COVID hit and then to see it grow during this season. It's truly a miracle in the making. Christy is one of our key leaders at the Compassion Center, and she received a letter that just really stopped me in my tracks, and I was thinking about it as I was writing this final point of the sermon. A lady, on behalf of her family, writes, Dear Christy, thank you so much for reaching out to us. What you and everyone else there does is a complete blessing, capital B-L-E-S-S-I-N-G, exclamation mark. 
complete blessing. Especially at this time of the year and with everything that is going on with the struggles of COVID and lots of families trying to survive in the bleak economy. You and the people of the Bethany Compassion Center are saviors, capital S, to us and everyone in our position. Thank you all. And then she signed her name. She signed for her family. I got to thinking about that and I thought, wow, what an incredible privilege. What a incredible privilege we have as a church family to be used by God in a bunch of small ways to help people that when we do it, God adds his touch and it becomes something big. God uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways. God is using us as a church family. He's using us as individuals. And he adds his blessing and it becomes something significant. I got to thinking a little bit more about this question. How many times recently have I circled back, like this woman circled back and said, thank you. How many times have I recently circled back and said, thank you, Jesus? For all the people in my position, you are a Savior, capital S. Thank you for coming and dying and rising again so that I can have the hope of everlasting life. Thank you for coming as a baby at Christmas. Lord, I'm circling back and I'm writing, I'm sharing a letter of thanksgiving and praise and worship. My heart is full of gratitude. Lord, I haven't said it enough. I haven't thought it through enough, but I was lost in my trespasses and sin and you came and you lived a life and you suffered, you bled and died and then you rose from the dead so that I could have the hope of everlasting life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Savior, capital S. The Savior of the world who came at Christmas. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we thank you for the incredible gifts given us at Christmas. Today, we've looked at, at six. From the viewpoint of the shepherds. And I know, Lord, as we walk through those, many of us, are asking the question, which of these six speaks to me the most, resonates with me, jumps off the page the most to me? Maybe it's because of the season of life or what's going on in life or challenges or adversities or difficulties or uncertainties. Lord, I pray that you'll just bless and minister and encourage every single person in this service, in our other services this weekend, those watching online. God, I just pray that you will make yourself powerfully real to every person. I'll tell you, friends, if you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, the most important one of these gifts, arguably, is the faith gift. Each of us needs to come to a place in our life where we unwrap the gift, where we personally encounter Christ, where we say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. I admit I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I need forgiveness. I believe in you as the one God sent, the Son of the living God, to come and eventually die for the sins of the world. And I commit my life to live for you, to follow you. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to be about it. I want to encounter you. I want to receive you. I invite you into my life. Forgive me my sins. The rest of my life is going to be the best of my life because I'm going to put you first and follow you fervently. 
Hey, today, friend, if you are here and you want to commit your life to Christ or recommit your life to Christ, I just encourage you to do it right here and right now. And then tell me about it. Fill out that online connection card. There's one in front of you. If you're here in person, just drop it in the black box. And just simply say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want to follow you. I want to put you first. God wants a personal relationship with every one of us. A personal relationship with every one of us. He wants to live in our hearts, but we need to invite him. Make this Christmas special. Invite Christ in. Lord, I pray your blessing for every single person that's here today. Meet their need. Encourage each and every one. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Our prayer team's going to come. We're going to sing a final song, then we're going to be dismissed. Thank you for being here. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you can join us on Christmas Eve. Let's sing, and then we'll be dismissed. God bless you.